0: I
1: ai 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 ai
2: Welcome to another episode of Little Insights. Um, I'm joined by Ben and Adam. How are we both?
3: Yeah, average.
2: <laughs> okay, good to hear you're average. <laughs> no, I'm
3: good. I'm good. It's just a little bit rainy outside, isn't it?
1: Sorry. Yeah. No. It's not the
2: best weather at the moment. No. How are you, Adam?
1: Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's what? What day are we on now? Tuesday? So. could
2: be a
3: Wednesday though, Could be yeah, Wednesday.
2: and you wouldn't you wouldn't realize it's the summer looking out the window no. so, yeah a bit of a dreary day um, okay so it's, well, it's going to be Adam's turn to share a fact with us today and as usual Ben is on the horn why he's introduced that, we're still not sure, but he's uh, he's yeah. certainly enjoying it. Revolutionary. Um, so, Adam, over to over to you for your fact of this episode. Thank you, Ross.
1: Um, so, the fact today is the government has recently announced that they are looking to raise salaries for new teachers to thirty thousand pound, and the government has stated essentially that this will make teaching a very competitive graduate market.
3: What do you think? I think it, I think it definitely make it a competitive graduate market. Um, yeah, I mean. That's probably one of the biggest things as a new member of staff or a new teacher. I think it's the biggest battle we have at the moment is that the profession's crying out for new blood and you know, young people. Not necessarily young people, all people, but yeah, I think, I think it'd be a good, good measure. Certainly vastly different from when I first started teaching and the kind of money that new NQTs were on.
2: It, it opens up a load of issues for me. Um, I, I want teachers to be recognised. I feel like they should be recognised. Um, when I when I think about something like this, I think about uh, the, the government introduced uh, the appraisal system, where you've got you know obviously going up through um, the pay scales. Um, really are we just are we abandoning that? We're kind of jumping to the top end of that scale immediately. We think about teachers who have been working hard for six years, and actually they've now got colleagues who are new to the profession coming in at the same starting point, yeah. where they've worked hard for six years to get to. So that, that doesn't sit. Too comfortably with me, although you could argue there is people who are better professionals who probably should be paid higher. I think yeah. that, that's a bit of an issue. And secondly, the the pathways into teaching—you know—if they're reducing that requirement to have a degree-level qualification in the subject you're delivering, you know, actually, can you command that
3: kind of salary?
2: I think there's for me there's a number of questions there which so probably need to have there? answers to before.
3: Does it dilute the profession a little bit? I mean, one of, one of your points there, I suppose. Teaching generally has never really had that consistent platform. I think of my, my parents' generation. My mum was a teacher, and she was one of those lucky people that you know was able to retire at sixty on full pension or last three three year pension. You know, those are the kind of golden days. And so I suppose that kind of level playing field has never been the same with teachers because you, you kind of you know that's part and parcel, I guess, of the way the world changes and the economy changes and that sort of things. But I see your point definitely if i'm in that category of someone that gets leapfrogged because of a new newbie to turning up and they're commanding 30k and you're not on it and it's like ah that's great yeah bad timing
2: unless they just move every i mean even if they just said right from 2022 those who are under the 30k are automatically you know moved to the 30k mm-hmm. i i can imagine that still wouldn't sit too comfortably with some people
3: because it could it could be quite a considerable jump for some people in that first instance and then you know again talk about the appraisal system that might kind of kibosh. I, sort of things.
1: I did look to see, try and cause uh, kind of try and find out for clarity. So I guess where does this £30,000 apply? Because if you're working in London or out mm. of London, I think the starting salary is already near £30,000 for a newly qualified mm. teacher possibly. And then, so is that for the rest of the UK or outside of London? So I'm like, actually, you know, is this relative? Is it kind of weighted? So it'll be, and I guess there's also that issue of can schools afford it? All budgets kind of go up to kind of enable schools to afford it
2: I know they've talked a lot about pumping money into underperforming areas you know like even looking at like uh, seaside towns you know underperforming areas in those maybe actually that they could direct those funds into those areas you know actually, you want to be a new teacher and you want that salary. these are where we need you to go
3: yeah. It's difficult isn't it because it you, look, you look at it from the flip side of it though sometimes actually you know budgets being so tight and having that kind of whole school kind of viewpoint on, on staffing, actually your NQT fits a nice hole, doesn't it? Because actually they're, you know, they are a cheaper, cheaper resource, I should say, sorry. Um, and actually then suddenly that kind of kind of gets rid of that. And you'd almost argue you could at that point be saying, offering someone on an M4, and M5, five years of a teaching experience, they're probably going to be more competitive at an interview than someone at an NQT. So maybe then some NQT struggle to get, jobs because they're competing against M4, M5, M6 people. I don't know. You know, Difficult to know. Do you think it will help with the recruitment crisis?
2: I think it will. Um, but again, I go back to my earlier point, is we, we need the right pathways in place. Um, I know the, new, the, the current, current pathways is a lot of practice in the classroom, which I think is great. Um, I do sometimes feel, though, you've got to have that certain level of academic achievement in order to be able to comfortably come into a subject. We've seen it before where you've got teachers who are teaching outside of their subject area and that can be whilst they're trying to train to be a teacher and they should be focusing on other things, trying to actually get to grips with the subject knowledge can be quite tricky at the same time.
3: I suppose it opened up to a whole other debate, I'd argue you you know, you talk about your appraisal system and it's almost um it's almost done sort of chronologically isn't it so after your first year you move up and providing you met your targets and actually you could argue that there's sort of NQTs that could be performing at UPS standard or upper pay scale standard and actually there's not that system in place to actually say right well actually I'm I'm, I'm kind of this is the level I'm working at I'm way above what I, I kind of um, you know seen as in terms of a pay scale but it's almost like you have to go through the kind of years it's almost like you have to go through those sort of trenches of of doing it, I don't know whether that's something that they could also look at, and, and so it's not just about attracting the first year teachers or the NQTs and those early people, but actually retaining people that could jump up the pay scale quicker.
2: And retention is a big problem.
3: Yeah, and, and I think giving schools a bit more creativity around it, I feel that like that's sometimes a little bit too sort of almost like pigeonholed or, or structured. That you, you know, I know people can jump pay scales, but it's not kind of really... Available.
2: And that is the battle between maintained schools and academies as well. Yeah. That's so actually, this is a great fact, Adam, because I think you've opened up a whole series of dis- questions, which really we need answers to before big discussion
3: points. Good to hear from head teachers, maybe one end NQTs, people that are thinking about being maybe being teachers, becoming teachers.
1: Yeah. And maybe also particularly in certain subjects, you know, those shortage subjects, I guess, you know, that's a big argument. Government keeps saying teacher pay is competitive to try and attract in those kind of STEM mm. subjects, mm. you know, now geography. Yeah.
3: I mean, this, this slightly goes off on a tangent, but when I uh, was an NQT at my first school, um, one of the great draws was actually, they you, you had almost like student digs, you actually had a, a house. So the school had invested in buying property, there was three houses on site, and there was nine NQTs at all, because it, it came out of your salary as well, you didn't really even notice it as rent, and it was really like, I mean, really dirt cheap. So that first year as an NQT, moving especially from the Midlands to the South, where I was kind of coming from, house prices and everything, you know, Again, that's maybe the kind of creativity we need to give to schools in terms of how they can make themselves attractive, how they can bring in... Yeah, That's
2: um, that's definitely happened. I remember interviewing someone for a post once and um, they'd kind of verbally accepted the position and then within a week I had a phone call saying, um, unfortunately I've accepted a job where they've given me a house. And, you know, that's why, I basically had nothing to offer.
3: That's why Paul Gascoigne turned down Man United, Tottenham them off with his family a house. Regrets that decision big time a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tottenham
2: fans. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to end this yeah, section of that the podcast. <laughs> sorry, Tottenham fans.
1: <laughs>
2: Due to COVID nineteen, some of our interviews have had to take place remotely, and therefore we apologise in advance of the sound quality.
1: Thank you for joining us today, Howard. Would you like to introduce yourself? Well,
0: okay. I mean, um, on a personal level, I I live out in Ware, in uh, Hertfordshire, East Hearts. We've lived here for nearly 30 years. Um, We've got three daughters. Uh, They all are in teaching. Uh, And Karen and I were both teachers, both retired. I um, I taught in London, secondary schools for... Uh, 37 years. Uh, retired seven years ago. Um, I worked in two inner London and three three inner London and two outer London schools. Um, and uh, was ahead from 1991 until 2013. So 22 years. Uh, so I did 15 years uh, before I became ahead. And then I was ahead at Leighton Stone School in Walden Forest for just under nine years and Noah Hill High School in Harrow for uh, just under 14 years.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you. Awesome. So, um, as you know, uh, we do a quick fire round uh, i so We slightly tailored one or two questions of our quick fire round. So what we'd like is if you could kind of say the first thing that comes to your mind or a first answer. Yeah not to kind of overthink it. So first question, Howard, is if you had to sacrifice uh, one holiday of the year, which one would it be? Uh, It
0: would be the Easter holiday.
1: How come? Out of interest.
0: Because by the Christmas holiday, I was always completely exhausted And the summer holiday was always very precious to us because we took the girls away for a lengthy period, usually to the different campsites in France. So, Easter holiday would be the one
1: that I feel uh, could be sacrificed. Okay, thank you. Okay, so just imagine this scenario you have been given cover Friday, last period of the day. What's your reaction? Love it. (laughs) If
0: I'm a head teacher, I was always very happy to do cover because it got me randomly around the school. Um, So uh, I would embrace it with all the challenges that it would bring, particularly if it had been a wet and windy week.
1: Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, Okay. So third one is inset day or twilights?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I'm a great believer in the, the the best inset happens on the job. But if you're going to do training, I'm a great believer in process rather than events. So I would always go for process oriented. So twilights, but with inset that has some kind of link. You know, I'm not a great believer in. Uh, one-off insets, uh, the impact of one-off insets.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, How come out of interest? Is there like...
0: I just think of just over experience. I mean, um, experience as a teacher, as a head, and then subsequently, um, as you know, I do quite a lot of training um, with senior leaders and with prospective heads, um, and I just believe and actually if you read uh, the evidence from you know eef and other sources of evidence nfer um the best training uh, other than on the job is when things happen uh, over a period of time rather than just a one-off you know you go to a one-off training you can come away fired up but quite often the energy and the excitement dissipates very quickly when you're back in the real world.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that. Okay, question number four, uh, year seven
0: or year 11? Oh, always year 11, love year 11. My, I, I came up the, until I was a deputy, when I was looking after teaching and learning and curriculum and, and CPD, I was a part, I came up the pastoral route and my, um, my assistant headship and my time as a head of year were always with years 10 and 11. So I, I, and year 11 would be my favourite year group, always in the school, even with a, with a big sixth form that we had at Noah Hill. I love year 11, yeah.
1: Okay, thank you. And then I guess the final one is, uh, if your classroom, or in your case, school, was on fire, what two items would you save?
0: I'd save um my phone, and I'd save hmm, the photographs of
1: my family that are on my that were on my desk. nothing you you're not too bored about students or staff.
0: Well, I didn't really take the question in that way.
1: Um, I, I, I'm only messing. I, I'm the. No, 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 no. Okay, so I guess that's our quick fire round. So, in terms of our kind of main questions, really, we kind of tried yep. to give these to you and your experience. So, I guess the first question is really, what made you get into teaching?
0: Ah, well, um, try and keep it short. Um, so. When I did, uh, when I finished my degree, I did a master's in, um, I was very interested and still am in in Soviet and East European politics and economics. So I did a master's in Soviet economics. Uh, At the same time, because I'm I'm Jewish, I was very involved with a a Jewish youth movement with the ultimate goal of living in Israel. So I was, when I did my master's, I, I was offered a PhD Um, and my friends were going off to live in Israel. So you can see that neither of those need to teaching. Um, I, I decided against the PhD because it was too esoteric. And, um, I did live in Israel for a while, but thought I needed to get a job, something back in England, just in case Israel didn't work out. And so I, and the only thing I ever really was interested in was teaching. So. Um, I did a, what happened was actually, was that I did a PGCE, uh, uh, my subject was economics, then thought I'd better do the uh, NQT year to get qualified, and randomly went to a school in Acton, um, in West London, uh, which was a really tough but um, school, but I absolutely fell in love with it, and that was that, Israel, never happened after that, and... Uh, PhD never happened, and teaching did.
1: Ah, oh, awesome. Um, and I guess, I, I guess it'd be quite interesting to find out. I guess uh, how has how has teaching changed since you started out? Well,
0: yeah, you know, when you you know when you're old, when people ask you questions like this. <laughs> um, Sorry. No, not at all. No, no, no. I, I don't mind being old at all. Um, you know it it's changed, obviously technology has changed I mean that's the crucial I would say that's the biggest difference you know I don't buy the kind of business of behavior being much worse than it used to be. if you'd have worked with me in the school I worked in, you would have seen behaviors uh, and I love the children and love my job and that as I said that's what you know really inspired me to stay in teaching. But they were; it, it, it was very tough behavior-wise. So I, I suppose the biggest change has been in IT on the teaching and learning front, in terms of how schools have changed. Schools are far, far, far better than they were when I start. I started teaching in nineteen seventy-six. You know, you might as well say eighteen seventy-six for some people, but <laughs> um, and and uh, even the best schools then would not come anywhere near the best schools now, you know, schools are much more rigorous, much more professional, much more driven, um, much more serious, you know. Uh, So, yeah, they're the changes, really. So positive on the whole. Oh, definitely positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of answers to those kind of questions. Things have changed and they haven't
1: changed, if you know what I mean, you know. Yeah. I get you. Um, okay, I guess then. Um, what would be the best and what was the best and hardest thing about running a school, being a head teacher?
0: Oh right, okay. Um, the hardest thing about being a head is when you have to deal with very difficult situations, either with children, with the, with the children, the students, or their parents and carers. So situations that are either of a safeguarding, child protection nature, situations that might be leading to permanent exclusion, and then sort of a similar situation with staff when you're having to deal with difficult decisions around conduct or um, capability. They're the hardest things, I would say. The best thing about being ahead is being ahead you know, it's the best job in the world. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, And uh, the best thing is that you are in a community that you are able to help shape a school for thousands of children and families over Many years and improve the lives and life chances, hopefully, of, of the community that you serve.
1: Thank you, Howard, uh, for your time and your little insights into teaching and education. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Thank you to our guests for today's episode. If you would like to join the conversation or even come on the show, you can get in touch through Twitter by following us on little underscore insights or through Instagram, which is insights little.